I ran away from home. Did you? Time, yes. Just down the block. Yeah. But I, you know, because I wasn't being, I wasn't being. For how long? Right. Oh, a few minutes. <laughs> how old oh, were you? I don't know. Bought a house. Met a, met a girl. Bought a house. <laughs> the Brady Bunch was I'll show new. Them. I don't know what year. Was that 1970s? It was 60s. No, it was this mid-60s when it no, started. No, it was late no, 60s. No, it, it was I late was 60s because like I was... Do uh, yeah. you want to fight? That's well, fine. In, in I'm so angry about it. I would have been eight. So, That's uh, about you, right. Yeah. Did you pack a bag or bring anything with you? Nah. That was your nah, first I mistake. I wasn't thinking. You weren't. I did that once, and I packed like in the in the red handkerchief, you know, like the uh, <laughs> like a hobo, like a hobo yeah. on the stick. A bindle, what is a, a bindle. bindle. That's yeah. what it is. Is that what it's called? A bindle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I packed one of those. Wow! Did I you got, ride the rails? I, <laughs> how long? Never how, got that far. Your uh, parents, you had ten brothers and sisters. They didn't know how many oh, weeks no, did they, it take? They, they helped me. They thought it was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it was nineteen at the time. <laughs> It was it was last year, and they gave, they made sure make sure you take your S glasses. <laughs> My bindle would be full of S glasses. <laughs> so broken glass. Good luck with that. Use it as a, a bandana full of broken. Yeah, man. that's good in a fight, man. Come near me <laughs> when you're a, under the bridge fighting over that can you'll of beans. Find out. That's a, that's a eurythmic song. Bandana broken glass. <laughs> we have enough banter. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, this is Steve, and this is the Punch Up Podcast. With me tonight are Kevin Doherty. Hey. 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 Fonzie. <laughs> Jesse Preisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. And in our guest storyteller chair, we have Fred Siegel. Hi, Steve. Hello, Fred. Thanks for being here. Great pleasure. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Take it away, buddy. I call this fun with Otis. Otis was the human cigarette factory. And this story is about what I learned about human oddities when I was a performer in the Coney Island Sideshow. When I was in graduate school, I was teaching English and taking classes, but also during the summer of 1989 and 90, I worked in a sideshow. I guess I should explain what that is, because there aren't too many of them. Actually, a sideshow and a freak show are synonymous. Oh, they are? Well, pretty much. Is sideshow basically the PC way of saying freak show? That's one of the ways of... I mean, there's other things. There's 10 and 1. They call it a kid show. Uh, ten, the kid show ten because and the tent is much smaller than the tent of a circus that would right. be... And Sancho was simply because it was on the side. Because it was on the side, yeah. yeah. What's 10 and 1? Yeah, yeah uh, is that carny language? Though? Well, That's ten not... and, a 10 and 1 means that there would be 10 acts under one tent okay. for one low admission price. Cool. Uh, there are several different kinds of performers who would be in a sideshow, one of those 10 acts. So a working act would be uh, someone who has practiced a skill. So that might be a fire eater or a sword swallower. I did magic. I'm oh, so fascinated. you actually I worked, you were oh, yeah. in the show. Oh, yeah. You weren't just, oh, I thought you were just like hocking tickets or like and, well, No, no, out. no. I, I, uh, I did magic and I, I talked the blade box, which is you, you put the woman in the box and you oh, shove yeah. the blades through. Can you give us some patter? She's in there, ladies and gentlemen. Bent, twisted, contorted, distorted. <laughs> Mangled and tangled around and among the solid steel blades of the cramped confines of that coffin-like cabinet. How does she stay in that hideous hellhole where you wouldn't expect a dog to survive? (laughs) For 50 cents, you can find out. Take all my money! Oh my god, I would give you all my money! Here's my wallet! Here's my house keys! 
Yeah. Oh my that God. is amazing. So there you go. A, a working act tended to be talkers as well. So uh, an inside talker is like an MC, and an outside talker does something on a platform outside the show to gather a crowd. Like a barker. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, Sorry. I, love, you, I love you, Jesse. No, no, you're no. right. How dare I've you? I've insulted you. You haven't insulted me, but I want you to know that from a carnival perspective, somebody who uses the word barker is using, is, that's a sucker word. That's a word for towners. That's a word for I marks. am a towner. Marks. Wait, marks. Oh. I know that yes. one. So, like, you guys don't really call. There's, there's no recognized. First of all, I can't. I can't call me a, a carny. I'm not a carny. I was a graduate student. That's fine, but for the sake of the podcast, seeing as the four of us clearly okay, are I'll, marks, I'll, you are. A I'll be inside. In I'm, yeah. I'm okay. okay. I'm, I'm with it and for it. You are. Yes. Yeah, so you were in grad what, school. Yes. Uh, I went to NYU. Yeah. And I lived, the first summer, I guess, I still lived in Manhattan. But uh, the second summer, I lived in Queens. We took that long, long subway ride all the way to Coney Island, which is a bizarre and amazing place. A place of my childhood, because I had relatives who lived in Brighton Beach, which is a a short walk from Coney Island. When I first went there, it freaked me out, because it was a, you know, one of those things where you see something from another time in your life, and it just smacks you in the head uncanny have you guys ever been to i've never been to coney island i went yeah. a year ago last week you did i did it's I much went to nicer see... now than it used to be I but is see... it still the same like do they still have they still have the sideshow they, they still have a i looked show. and looked and looked and i couldn't, couldn't find, find it. it i did ride the cyclone oh beautiful. and i saw oh. some short season baseball the cyclone is one of the best the cyclone is a painful painful experience because it's rickety and oh, yeah. it throws you there's coast. not a single no, i know i oh my god i'm not complaining yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, but there's no back support you, it's one of those, it's one of those right. things where you literally think well this is the ride where it's going to break and they'll shut it forever because if I'm you had die. told me you were going to go there i would have told you to warm up before you went on the side <laughs> yeah. you, you have to <laughs> do really a, like a physical stretch. warm-up mm-hmm. yeah. stretches and can stuff. i ask a dumb question i ask a beautiful question is coney island an island I don't know. You, I think you, it's almost a pier, isn't it? I don't know what it is. I mean, There's I didn't have to there. cross a bridge to get to right, it that yeah. I knew of. Okay. Is it a town? Well, all with... of New York is an island, Kev. Does that help? It is on a it little bit of an rather, island because yes. I drove up. Right. And you right. do cross a bridge to get there, but right, it's not okay. like an island. It's right. more like an like an isthmus. <laughs> oh, wow. Good. Yeah. Good so, use of isthmus. Well, the bizarre thing about Coney Island is that if you're walking towards there, you know, there's buildings and, uh, you know, you're under a subway and it's stores and restaurants and there's a roller coaster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like where yeah. a building would right. be. Yeah. And there's yeah. bumper cars and there's Nathan's. It's, but it's scattered amazing, throughout so. the other buildings. So it's not like they're all just in one spot like they are on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Well, at a certain point, it stops being buildings and it, it's what's now Coney Island. Coney Island, by the way, historically was something much different. There were three huge amusement parks at the turn of the century, last century. There was Dreamland Park, Luna Park. Yeah, Luna Park. Park. I went to Luna Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I forget the other one. Oh, Steeplechase Park. Uh, So there are working acts. There are self-made freaks. By the way, freak is, in certain contexts, a pejorative term. Whenever I think about Coney Island and the freak show, I think about moral ambiguity. So the word freak has this negative connotation, but in a certain show business sense, it's merely a descriptive term for a certain kind of act. So it's like a job description, right? It's a job description. Well, a guy who is a little person, very short, is a short person, perhaps a person with a medical condition. But if you wear epaulets and a big tall hat with feathers on it and your general Tom Thumb, then you're you're doing something different. You're, Mm -hmm. You're a freak, you know? That's the term in that area of show business. Yeah. So there are self-made freaks. So my friend 
Michael Wilson, the illustrated man, was one extremely tattooed man. And you can see that almost approaching Michael walking down the street. You would have had to pay a quarter to see him uh, in a previous... <laughs> just, yeah, just go to South <laughs> Street now. Get him yeah. free now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ones who tattoo their faces and who, who shave their heads... Was he tattooed heads. on the face? Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a kind of a self-made freak. And the other category, uh, and we'll put this in big quotes. I hope everybody can hear the quotes. Nature's mistakes. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the term that's typically attributed? Well, that's, that's one of the terms yeah. used to refer to uh, a certain kind of freak, somebody with a born... I know oddity is a word that's used Yeah, human oddity is another yeah. uh, a term used for, for all these people. Which also should be in quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can add them later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of all the people in the sideshow, we had a sword swallower, a human blockhead. Uh, oh, uh, do you want to explain a blockhead yes. for people? <laughs> yes. I know what it is, but... I don't. He's in there, ladies and gentlemen. For the $1 admission, you'll see Screwy Louie, the human blockhead, who can drive nails, ice picks, and 20-penny spikes into the center of his head with a hammer, and yet he lives to laugh and joke about it. All real. Or your money back. Take my money! Damn! <laughs> a dollar for that! Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's, to, to be honest, that was the when it was raining price. Yeah. And also, there's a different price. I mean, if you just walked up, you would have had to pay two fifty. Yeah. But if you waited for a bally... Which means nice. uh, the talker comes out, the outside talker comes out onto the platform, gathers a crowd, and tries to sell tickets. The way they get you to buy tickets is by cutting the price. Mm-hmm. So at this moment, I'm going to change you all into children. And for the next three minutes, and the next three minutes only, everyone gets in for the price of a child's ticket. That's awesome. That's one dollar. In our show, there were only three performers who were truly carnies. Yeah. People who had toured under canvas. One of them was very old, uh, Melvin Burkhart, the anatomical wonder, the man who grows, the man who can breathe through one lung at a time. Melvin will smile on one side of his face while frowning on the other. He can be mad and glad all at the same time, and you'll see him just for the $1 admission. Take my money! (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I gotta ask a question about the blockhead. Does he really drive the spikes into his head? Well, let me ask you a question, Steve. If um, <laughs> I love it, no, the, I love I'm, I'm going to answer this question. It. Yeah. It's a great no. question. Hey, give me right. a dollar. A beautiful question because that's what makes you buy the ticket. When you visualize someone hammering a spike into the center of his head, where do you think the center of his head is? Say it in such a way that people like, point to your head and all the so like where like bo- like he's pointing to his lower eyes. sinuses. Okay, so he's pointing, okay lower. He, you're pointing. Go through Mid-nose. your nose or something? Mid-nose, right. Okay. So like cusp of their nostril. Right. Straight so back. Straight back. Straight yeah. back. So, so like, Steve, go like this. Feel all that room? I feel <laughs> if, if you... <laughs> if you it, if you went to a hospital, I'm sure you've seen people have yep. tubes oh, yeah. uh, shoved in through their yep. nose, yep. down, back to the stomach. The spikes may be three inches long. By the way, Steve, if you're going to do this act... You really want to work on the spike. You want to make sure it is smooth. You don't want burrs on the spike. Ooh, oh, no okay. burrs on the spike. You will hate that, Steve. <laughs> Remember, got if it's it. screws going in, it's got a screw coming out, buddy. <laughs> we're taking really a college smooth. we're really taking smooth. a college class right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ian O'Shea. I'm here to tell you about another show that a lot of people that you've listened to tonight also do on the last Friday of every month at the playground on 20th and Sansom here in Philadelphia. It is the blue show, and it is blue as eep. It is raunchy. It is dirty. Actually, the audience suggestions are disgusting. 
And quite frankly, it's your fault. You come and watch, and you suggest the most disgusting things I have ever heard. It's a sick and twisted evening of pleasure all the way around. 10 o'clock, BYOB. We love to do it. It's a great, fun, adult, raunchy, disgusting debacle. Bring your friends, bring your enemies, bring your filthy, disgusting mind. It's a giant circle jerk with comedy, not boners. Hey, listeners, this is Ali Sewell from the Punch-Up Podcast, letting you know about two exciting shows that are happening at CSZ Philadelphia, home of comedy sports. Every Sunday night in October, you can see Murder Manor, an improvised game of Clue, featuring performers from Comedy Sports Philadelphia. Every Sunday in November, you can see Role Play, an improvised adventure. If you wish that Game of Thrones were just a little bit funnier, well then come out and check out Role Play, an improvised adventure, every Sunday in November. You can get tickets at ComedySportsPhilly.com or you can check out our Facebook pages, CSZ Philadelphia or Role Play, an improvised adventure. You can check out punch-up podcasters like Jesse Preisendorfer, Kevin Reagan, Mary Carpenter, Kristen Finger, and yours truly, Ali Sewell, in these shows every Sunday. Murder Manor in October, roleplay in November. Your Sunday nights just got a whole lot funnier. Uh, anyway, Otis Jordan. Otis Jordan was, was small, and he had... Uh, the term they used to refer to him was ossified limbs. He didn't have the use of his arms or legs. Actually, he had a little bit more use of his arms or legs than he let on, but they kind of hung to his side, and he would be sitting in a wheelchair in a lotus position. Uh, he dressed normally. He was a nice-looking uh, African-American man. How old was he? That's interesting. When uh, the talker, the outside talker, sold the show, he said, uh, Otis Jordan's uh, uh, 36 inches long and 36 years old. And I don't know why John didn't want to say how old he really was. Otis was about 60. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, Otis, here's some moral ambiguity for you. Otis's show got closed down at the New York State Fair several years before I met him because disability rights advocates thought that this demonstration of Otis the Frog Boy, he was called the Frog Boy, because imagine those arms yeah. dangling at his sides, slightly bent. Oh, he looked like a frog. Well, I mean, you'd really have to be... I thought he was the human smokestack. Ah, well, that's the thing. He okay. got closed down as the frog as the fro boy. I gotcha. And when we had him at Coney Island, he became the human cigarette factory. He did the same oh, act right. he had always done. You'll see little Otis Jordan, man from southern Georgia. He does not have the use of his arms or legs, but he can do something you or I cannot do. He can roll and light a cigarette using nothing but the lips of his mouth. What? He will then light that cigarette with a match held in his teeth. All real, or your money back. Take my money! <laughs> <laughs> By golly, that was an amazing act. Did he really do that? He did it ten times a day. Oh we, knew, we knew how many shows we had done by counting the butts in Otis's uh, ashtray. So Otis, you look at his career trajectory. He was the frog boy at a, the state He was the fair. frog boy for many years. No, hold on. When he was the frog boy, did he do the cigarette He did trick? the same thing. Oh, okay. oh he, he did. did okay. Thing. He's done it in a grind show. A grind show is a little worse. He'd be the only exhibit in that tent, and he would have to do that same act over, over and over, over again every day. Yeah. At least in the sideshow, he's one act in a, uh, a 50 or 55-minute rotation. 
but a grind show is just, oh, just Otis. Yeah, and does he have a speaker out front? Well, uh, he's part of the show. He's the feature attraction. He's the last banner in the banner line. The, uh, the talker goes down a row of luridly designed and beautifully colorful banners showing... We have the painproof man in his bed of nails. You'll see Miss Electra, who can light torches with her fingertips. You'll also see the fire manipulator who can drink burning gasoline like you drink iced tea. They're all here. They're all alive. They all perform. They all entertain. I'm, I'm uh, channeling John Bradshaw now. John Bradshaw has a slight accent. Yes. John I Bradshaw. love that you did that. Well, that, it, it was his show. It was uh, Sideshows by the Seashore, yeah. Coney Island, but it was Bradshaw's Circus of World Curiosities. And he was the professor. So anyway, uh, there's, there's the moral ambiguity. Right. I mean, how did Otis feel about this? Well, Otis would rather work. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly so, what so I was there, wondering. So there's the ambiguity right. for you. Yeah. You know, uh, right. disability rights activists were very upset with presenting this man in such a tawdry way, mm -hmm. uh, such a, a way without dignity. But Otis was kind of angry about it when he it would talk about choice. it. It was his choice. I mean, he... Well, he had... If, I'm sure well, if they said, listen, we're going to pay well, you twice as much money to, to do another job or... Not smoke as many cigarettes, he'd have taken it. But there yeah, aren't those yeah. opportunities. So, well, that's, But that's would true. he? Because there's a fame aspect. You know, there's a, exactly. Or, or, so, like, there's, you know, uh, we're yeah. all performers. Yeah. And, he, and he had sideshow fame. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, like... Uh, I, I he was one of the last of that kind of breed of performers. It's tough. I mean, it, it's tough to come down on the side of righteous society when... You're taking away someone's livelihood. But he didn't have a choice. Maybe ultimately in the beginning, but where he put himself, like then you start messing with how this man makes a living. If you want to talk about this moral ambiguity, here's another experiment for you. Uh, you ever see at a carnival a dunking bozo concession, which has a clown, kind of an angry and scary clown, on top of a dunk booth. And you know you're walking by, and he said, uh, "It's time to drown the clown." You know, uh, five dollars, you get to throw the ball, and the the clown is goading people, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to get them to put down money so they can throw balls and knock him into the thing. Well, the Duncan Bozo is not the original version of that. And what I'm about to explain to you is also not the original version about it. But what preceded the dunking bozo was the African dip. Ooh. Imagine what that was. So, so a dunk, dunk tank. It was a dunk tank. I get a bad feeling In about which African-American men would goad passersby uh, into throwing baseballs to dunk black oh people my God. in the tank. Oh Isn't my this God. exciting and happy? USA. <laughs> USA. Hold on. USA. If, if you think of... If you think of God. the evolution now, what do you picture on a dunk tank today in 2017? When sure. I see dunk tanks, they're always young women. I mean, we're going to get back to that. Prior to the African dip, it was knocking the sleeping princess. Into oh, my the God. Yeah. Oh, my. So God. misogyny before. <laughs> into know, a vat of chloroform. Racism. <laughs> I read an article written by a journalist who had uh, kicked up a stink right. about the African dip at Riverside Park in Chicago. And uh, they got the show closed, and the next day he had a half a dozen guys in his office saying, hey, you know, uh, this was our job. African-Americans. Right, African-Americans. Yeah. yeah, the guys who were getting dunked. Yeah. And they were saying, those people can't throw the ball anyway. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, you, you, you screwed me out of a... Plus a you get to say things to goad the people on that probably need to be said in society. <laughs> so, and you have them. like a platform for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I have a couple of Otis stories. You didn't go down the street with Otis and not be noticed. I so, can imagine. Uh, uh, one day... No, he's in a wheelchair if you're going down the street. He's in a wheelchair right? if okay. you're going down the street, yeah. And he lives, by the way, with John Bradshaw. Okay. okay. At least during the summer se season. During the year he lives in Barnville, Georgia, 
in a trailer. Does someone help take care of him? He has family or had family. He's gone. But, you know, for what little income he had during the off season, he could repair radios or something. How? Uh, he had more use of his oh, hands yeah. oh, than okay. he said. Okay. You know. So it's a theater organization that runs Coney Island, USA, and they sent out press releases. And one group, New York Newsday, which is the biggest newspaper in Long Island. Okay. If you lived in Long Island, you would read Newsday. It's like the town talk to you, Steve. Yeah. Got it. Love the town talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a big deal. I mean, is, people the, did read the New York Does it still Times. exist? I've heard yeah, of that. I think so. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. And they wanted to Newsday, do... not the town talk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> town talk also still exists. <laughs> sure does. Uh, they wanted to interview the graduate student who worked at Coney Island, who had this straight job and this scholarly life during the it. week. And on the weekends was the King of Magic at Coney Island. That was your title? That, oh, yes. I was the King of Magic. Uh, King of Magic. King of Coney Magic. Island, yeah. So the a journalist and a photographer come to visit me, and I, they want me to do something geeky. So for them, I stick a, a, um, oh, a nice pick up my nose. They didn't use that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just wanted to see me do it. But that would have been too disgusting for you open your paper in the morning. Yeah, and, yeah. and the guy's interviewing me. Now, Otis, I have to tell you, Otis is religious. He is a little bit proper, very kind person. He makes it a point of making sure that anytime anybody in a wheelchair, any kid with crutches or anything comes into the sideshow, he wants to meet that kid. He sits and he talks to that kid. He takes time with that kid. He was a, a, a lovely man. He would get upset if people were too mean to each other, if people were too profane. But the guys from the paper come to interview me and a change comes over otis suddenly otis is master of the revels suddenly otis is telling uh is is saying telling okay here's the joke that otis told oh my god i cannot wait take all my money (laughs) he said there's a little owl in a tree and a squirrel is underneath the owl and the squirrel says hey owl you have the biggest cunt I've ever seen. And the owl says, who, who? And the squirrel says, you, you. <laughs> Did they print that? That's the best joke ever. <laughs> they it's didn't print funny. that. The thing, that's the point. The thing I, about yeah. this is, Otis, you just Otis was, he was just, the day before, He's upset because the, the sword swallower said something and he thought it was going to uh, harm her, uh, her soul or something. And to this day, I don't know what made him do it other than this idea that he knows that he's this carny. Yeah. You know, and maybe he has to play the role of well, this showing kind of... off. Was he trying to steal your thunder? Uh, I don't know. I, I it probably... But it was my, kind of my in thunder. The... What? But... I, 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 God bless him. Steal as much as you want. But he told that in the middle of your... Well, you know, but he was introduced to everybody. I mean, uh, everybody had a chance. Everybody had a shot at him. And that was his... Yeah. I would like to say that Otis or Fred are the first one to use that word on this podcast, but Ian already has it beat, so... (laughs) So the other Otis story. One day, John and Otis and I decide we're going to go to the casinos. Uh, (laughs) Atlantic City? Yeah. We're going to get, in those days, for 10 bucks... You know, they put you on a casino bus and yeah, you get a I've, roll of quarters. I've done that. I did that yeah. years this, ago. Yeah. So a few things about this is that I stayed at John's house the night before. Did he live near? The... Well, he lived 
in Rockaway. Okay. Oh, yeah. Rockaway Beach. Yeah. 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 And Otis lived with him during that season. So I got to see, you know, well, you saw the elephant man and you saw the guy exploiting the poor elephant man. And I guess one could imagine that John is the guy exploiting the poor elephant man, uh, the poor frog boy. But on the other hand, he ate dinner with him. He fed him. He, Otis had to go to the bathroom. John had to help him. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that exploitation on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's like uh, a symbiotic, he's, parasitic he's caring kind of relationship for, right, for yeah. the guy. In I mean, uh, were they friends? I mean, the... I guess, okay. I guess. I mean, I, I, boss and employee. I, I, I almost think it's like it's almost a vocation, isn't it, Fred? Being in that world, it's almost like. I don't know if I call them friends, but I wouldn't call them coworkers. If, right. you're, if like, you're taking them to the bathroom, like that's pretty intimate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's beyond coworker. Yeah, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's no, like, I figure that at work all the time. Them? You live in with your coworker. Yeah. You think they? You think <laughs> they might have had a relationship? <laughs> well, you, if you mean like a romantic relationship, yeah. no. John had a spouse and a daughter, and that Otis lived there? with lived him. There, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So they're living with Otis right in the middle. Anyway, we get on the casino bus, and I learned something interesting about the way someone who looks like Otis is regarded by people. So you're able to look around and see people's reactions? Yes. As as they're approaching. They're approaching. I mean, he's seriously different. Yeah. You know. So some people would look away. They would try to act as if there's nothing going on, try to respect his space. There were a few other people, though, who wanted to talk to him. They wanted to touch him. Touch him? Touch him. Like touch, like rub him for luck? Mm. I don't know what? about luck. I I, uh, I got the impression that it was a religious-y kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. A lot of this? Just two people. Two okay. People. See, I wouldn't think it was religious. I have no background in psychology whatsoever, but I almost think it's mentally not being able to accept it unless they physically touch mm. it. Does that make sense? Or finding a way of saying this is okay, but I don't know how to say it's okay. So I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to make sure that I feel I'm okay. Yeah. Which touching a stranger is never okay. But people, pregnant, my pregnant friends say that their bellies get grabbed all the time. It's uh, specifically African-American women. Their hair is pawed at. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. where is that acceptable? Well, one woman was making a big deal about Otis and uh, wanted to kiss him. Said, is it okay if I kiss you? And Otis was always up for a kiss if anybody <laughs> <laughs> wanted to kiss him. So, so he said, sure. Did, did she kiss him? Yes. How old was she? He was 60? 92. She, she was 60. He was 60. He didn't look 13. 60. Okay. She was an, uh, an older woman. Okay. I mean, maybe getting something out of this feeling good about herself. I don't think it was a, a sexy yeah. kind of thing. It was a uh, communicating with someone who's different from you. Saying it's right. okay to be you, and I see you, and I still love you, and yeah, yeah that w- that's kind of nice. Yeah, in a weird, very bad way. So <laughs> when you got to the casino, not to jump too far ahead, well, this was in the casinos. Oh, what? oh, yeah, oh yeah, well, hell, we've uh, all had strange old women approach us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think Atlantic City. Maybe they wanted some luck. Maybe they wanted some. <laughs> oh, luck. That, oh, that's, oh, that's fascinating. Guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think about that a lot. I think about. The moral ambiguity of that, the exploitation at the same time yeah. as, dare I say, love. Huh. Well, yeah, because that guy cared for him. He lived with him. He provided a platform for him, a show, a way to make money. Yeah, but he put his disability on spectacle. So did Otis. 
Yeah, because he had no other options. But what yeah. again? But, but see, he didn't discard him at the end of the day, right? Yeah, he could have just sent him he, into a well, tent yeah, by but, himself. But that's to appease his own soul. What he could have done is well, got him a job to protect that, his investment. I mean, if you want to be yeah, really crass what do you think? Or you? or to continue in a performance tradition, Otis's act had what you would call a ding after it. A ding is an opportunity to sell somebody something. At the end of Otis's act. John would come up with the platform and say, Well, ladies and gentlemen, Otis only gets to work for 12 weeks during the summer season. That's why we give him a chance to pass out some of these souvenir cards. There's his picture on one side, his life stories on the other. You can have one of these cards for any donation you'd care to give. The money all goes to Otis, so he can have a little Christmas. Did it actually all go to Otis? Oh, God, this is horrible, but no, not all of it. I would, You're not most surprised. Of it no, I would okay. think it would. Most no. of it went to Otis, and yeah. uh, some of it went to the running of the show. Yeah, well, yeah. I would a assume. Cut, it's got a production. Yeah, yeah. John wouldn't have touched any of Otis's money. Okay. See, I, I'm torn on it. I am, too. I, I, I think it's funny. I think you and I are in a similar boat, and I think the two of you are in a similar boat. And that's fine. I'm not going to try and convince anyone otherwise, but there's still something to be said about someone like John, who... I feel like he's upholding traditions, not saying that should be upheld, but he's upholding them. And I still feel like he's respectfully treating Otis in a way that, while I hear what you're saying, Jesse, that, you know, had someone offered him another job, sure. But who was that going to be? Right. Nobody. And, yeah. That's what I'm, but yeah. that, right. but that was, doesn't what you mean. Stay in Barnesville, Georgia in your trailer. Well, Fred, what do you think? I, I love your term. Uh, you know, you know what I think? I think that in... X number of years, maybe 20, maybe 30, we're going to be confronted by something we do all the time without thinking about it mm -hmm. that is going to be thought in 20 or 30 years as horrible. Yeah. The other night, gonna... we were talking about John Hughes films, <laughs> and it was, do John Hughes films hold up? And it was Don, who's on this podcast, had brought up 16 Candles. And the term he used, which is 100% true, is it's kind of rapey. And it is. Whereas at the time, it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this movie. But you watch it now, and the character that um, Anthony Michael Hall plays, he basically takes advantage of a drunk woman and right. has sex with her. So oh, yeah. while that's 100% wrong, we might have had like a weird, like, this guy's not a knight in shining armor back then. Now it's like, this guy's a piece of shit. Right. And yeah. I think that there's a truth to that. Like, as we evolve as people and we look backwards, it's very easy to mm. go, what the hell? were people thinking i think you're absolutely right that you know go down the line 20 30 40 years from now and yeah. people look back at is it podcasts i don't know but like <laughs> how dare they air these i don't know we call them microaggressions it's little things that happen that just build up and it's based on whatever's different about you yeah. than the person saying it whether it's the thing that happened in 16 candles because at the time it was like, well, she deserved it. She was drunk. She was kind of a bitch. So yeah. that's that's why it was that's okay they, to do that. That's how they set it up. Yeah. 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 But that's obviously right. not and right. But that takes it, all of women down. And, of course. And men. And men, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, there's moral ambiguity at all these things. What are we doing that's bad? Yeah. We're going to find out. Well, wow, Fred taught us a lesson. Damn. Yeah. A lot. I, I never learned anything here before. <laughs> Neither have we. You don't learn shit when Ian O'Shea's sitting in that seat. <laughs> Ian Science Corner. Hey, this is Steve Roney. Thanks for listening to the Punch-Up Podcast. We release new episodes every Monday, so be sure to check us out. 
You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Punch Podcast. Like us, follow us, and subscribe. Each week, we bring in some of the funniest writers and performers from the Philly comedy scene. Someone tells a story while the others help out. Me, your host, Steve Roney, along with Kevin Reagan, Ian O'Shea, Jesse Preisendorfer, and a different guest every week. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check us out every Monday.